welcome Lauren. I am so excited to be here with you today. You have such a powerful and inspiring story to share with the listeners. And um, I'll actually, I'll read a little bit of your bio so that they know who you are. You are an award-winning transformational coach and founder and CEO of Soul Savvy. And truly your passion is assisting individuals to build their dreams, accelerate their results and create richer and more fulfilling lives. And Lauren has spent over a decade as an educator and a coach and started her career in the California public schools, first as a teacher, and then as a coach, helping teachers to deliver the best possible instruction, her ability to break down everything, spiritual and success concepts into bite-sized pieces is truly what makes her a standout in her field. And through her coaching and speaking, Lauren has inspired thousands of people to live a life that they love. And, and I personally know, personally know Lauren and she's the real deal and has such a powerful story of truly becoming the heroine of her own life. And so I'm really excited to share that with you all. So Lauren, tell us what's, what's your story? What's your origin story? Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, so much for having me, Catherine. Such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Super humbled and grateful that you're having me on your show. Um, so my origin story, oh my goodness, where do I begin? Well, I was one of those people who was born or in, in some of my first memories, remember thinking to myself, what are we doing here? So I think I always had some sort of like a spiritual seeker kind of thing going on. We probably all do to some extent. Um, but I really did think like, wow, life is weird. And what are we here for? And uh, all those things. And I did feel like I was here for a purpose to some extent. And yet I never allowed myself to really lean into that, like to really go, oh, you can live here for a purpose and then somehow discover what that was. That was not my experience. Um, mm. And when you, when you ask about my origin story, do you want to hear about what led me to what I'm doing now or all of it? All of it. Just give peel, it all. Peel the back the layers. Peel yeah. back the layers. Yeah. So here's the deal. I had always had, this is like a deep down secret thing that I didn't share with a lot of people, but I'd watch like television and I'd see, for example, like law and order, and there'd be a courtroom prosecutor and she would be, you know, arguing her case. And I'd think, oh, that looks really fun. I want to do that. Or I'd see a politician giving a speech at a podium and go, oh, that looks really fun. See an actress winning the Academy Award. Think, oh, that looks really fun. But like, never did I think, I think two things, never did I think I wanted to do any of those jobs, so to speak, but also never did I think I was good enough to do any of those jobs. Mm. So I would say, oh, I could be a lawyer. I could be an actress and all that just sounded way too hard. Mm. And so I didn't do it. And, um, I also think the other thing was I couldn't see, I mean, now looking back, it's probably obvious as I'm saying that, oh, someone's standing at a podium. Oh, someone's standing in a courtroom. Oh, someone's standing, you know, giving a speech that speaking and inspiring is the thing that finds all that. But I wasn't awake and aware enough to see that. And had I been, I know my response would have been, well, how are you going to be an inspirational speaker for a living? Like nobody does that. Mm. So I decided to do a career in education and become a teacher mainly because it seemed safe and doable. Mm. Not that being a teacher is not an inspiring and incredibly difficult job. Of course it is. I know because I've been in the trenches and yet that wasn't the thing I most wanted to do, but it was the thing that I thought I could do. Mm. So that was my, my career pathway. And then I had this other part of my life, which was this area of, you know, being a human that interacts with other humans and 
and wanting to fall in love and be loved. And my story all along, I can remember some of my first experiences with not good enough, not worthy, uh, going back to when I was really little. But I, in my life, craved love, romantic love and finding a partner and all of that. But I kept seeming to attract um, not so nice guys, Mm. um, relationships that could um, confirm my not good enough stories or not lovable stories. And so that was sort of my pathway looking back. Of course, uh, like I said, I wasn't awake or aware enough to know I had a story about being (laughs) unlovable. But now that I look back, I can see like, oh, how interesting that the not good enough did kind of exist in both places that just had different manifestations, of course. And so that was the origins of it. So I was a good teacher. I taught for many years. I got married. I had a house and dogs and cats and sort of the American dream kind of story. And then one day I, and it, and it was, it was kind of in this story, really, it was a one day, like it was, it Mm. was something, yeah, it was going in my mind, I guess, but I was so shoving down the Mm -hmm. fact that I was even longing or doing this, that it, it really did in some ways seem like one day. I can remember specifically this one day standing in my beautiful master bathroom in my perfect little house. And I was standing in the shower and I was washing my hair and I was thinking to myself, um, this relationship I've got going on with my husband, uh, I don't think it's right. Mm. And I started thinking too about like the work I was doing and like, I'm muting myself. And like, I just remember standing in the shower and being like, it's kind of the same thing I thought when I was a little kid waking up on planet earth in an earth suit. It was like, I'm standing in this shower going, what am I doing here? Just like this, wow. you know, like just this. Yeah. And in my particular marriage, there was like no affection. Mm. And, and, and of course I attracted this, so it's not his fault, but it was kind of like a Lauren can't do anything right sort of Mm. thing he was projecting to me. So I remember standing in the shower and having this wake up call moment, like, you know what? I could walk out this door and probably lots of nice men would love to be with me. So I'm getting kind of sick of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting kind of sick of teaching and I'm just kind of sick of this period. All of um, it. All of it, like just all fix of it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of where I was in my life uh, before I won't I won't cuss on your podcast, but before oh, stuff hit the fan. Oh, bring this is it. open. Yeah. We're, yeah, <laughs> okay. we're, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. So yeah, so I, this is kind of the moment before the shit hit the fan. That was mm. that was the awakening, and then shit hit the fan. And so did you? I'm curious, did you? And I'm so relating to to so much of what you're sharing, right? The not good enough, the feeling like, oh, like I would maybe love this. There's this like tiny little bit of longing that emerges and then pretty quickly, oh, well, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? And I think so many of us have those voices. And so those, you know, certainly when I talk to people, for some people, there's like this one moment. And then for some people, when they look back, it's like, oh, there was a moment there. There was a moment there. There was a moment there. There was like, there were actually moments along the way where we kind of like started to wake up and then we went back to sleep. Oh yeah. And so in the shower that day, did you stay awake or did you go back to sleep? I think in the shower that day, that was the first time I stayed awake, which is why I think it was so, um, such a big moment because I had had all sorts of moments leading up to that all throughout my life of little things bubbling up and longings and signs that this relationship wasn't good, but I always shoved them down. Mm. 
So I think, and this is such a brilliant question, Catherine, and I've never thought of it this way, so thank you. But I think that shower day was the first time that I actually stayed awake after that. Wow, and I'm getting chills. I, I do too. I'm, I'm getting chills. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the day I stayed awake because there was a line in the sand. And I know it sounds mm. funny. I'll tell, okay, this is, a, this is a We Can Cuss podcast and this is an yep. open, like let's just yep. bear our souls. So the thing that I was really thinking in the shower, and I alluded to it a little bit, but my husband wasn't affectionate with me never wanted to be intimate, anything like that. And so mm. I'm sitting here like, what is wrong with me? Like, it was like, I had the plague, like just stay far away from me as possible, you know? And so that day in the shower, I was like, dude, I could walk out this door and like, there would be thousands of men who would want to have a relationship with me, sleep with me, think I was pretty, like I'm done with this. And it wasn't just all about vanity, but at that moment in time, at my level of awareness, I thought there was something wrong with me, both personality mm. and looks and body wise that was causing my husband to feel this way about me. I blame right. myself. I didn't think, oh, he has a problem. I just totally blame myself. Yeah. And so, um, so this, this awareness that wait a second, like there could be somebody out there that would like love to be with me in whatever capacity was a huge line in the sand moment was like, no, I'm done thinking that this is just me. Cause I know mm -hmm. there's lots of men out there who would love to, you know, go on a date with me or, you know, sleep with yeah. me, whatever, whatever the issue is, you know, um, it was, it, it sounds funny now, but it was like such a powerful moment of like, no, this doesn't yeah. have to be me. Not good. Yeah. It's just like, it, it is truly that wake up call where it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've been, I've been wearing all this. I've been taking all of this on and absolutely we create our reality, right? And hang on a second, yeah. hang on a second. And so, so what happened after that? You're in the shower. You're thinking like, yep. wait a second, right? What was, so that what was happened in, next? Yeah. So that was in July or August of 2017. I don't remember exactly, but since I was a teacher, I, I remember being off for summer and you right. know, all that yeah. <laughs> So then in October, so I stayed awake ish, you know, and I had had mm -hmm. a, see the longing was there because I had a side business. Mm. Uh, on the side of my teaching job, because I was so struggling with money. I started yeah. this side business. It wasn't my biggest passion, but I did like it. And I had, I was just stuck. Like I, I think I was doing about 4,000 a month in sales and mm -hmm. it was a commission-based business. So that would be about 400 or $500 paycheck. Not as even a student teacher, loan payment. <laughs> no, it was like as a teacher that felt big. Cause I was only making yeah. grand a month. Yeah, but it wasn't really doing anything, knocking away my student loan debt or my credit card debt or anything like that. And I just found myself stuck at $500 a month, stuck in mm. this relationship, but awake enough to have, you know, started the business, drawn the line in the sand. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine gave me a copy of a John Azaroff book and it was called mm. The Answer. Okay. And it was like the business version of the secret, I guess is how I would describe it. And in this book, he's like, if you have a dream, you, and it was only like one page of the book, but it stood out to me like neon. It wasn't a book about affirmations, but this page about affirmations stuck out to me. And he said, if you can just affirm the life you dream of in the I am, your subconscious mm. mind will believe you and your behavior and your decisions will follow. Well, that just seems like so good to be true. I'm like, I can say affirmations. <laughs> I'm down, you know, like this, this I got work. this. I could do that, you know? doesn't sound too complicated. doesn't sound too risky. So I'm in. And so I started to say affirmations and my affirmations went like this. Uh, I wake up every day with passion and purpose. 
Hmm. The second one was I easily generate $20,000 a month in income. So you can see, I just went like, let's just five times what I'm making right now. Um, and then the third one was I help. this is so interesting. I help other women as they build their dreams. And because I was, this small business was a network marketing company. I was thinking I could help other people build the business. Mm. And uh, the significance of those affirmations is mind blowing later down the road when you can see it looking back. Right. But, um, the, the affirmations I made about love were my husband and I grow deeper in love every day. We're affectionate mm. with one another. We build dreams together. Mm. So those were my affirmations. And so when I say that I stayed awake after the shower, I said, so I started saying those affirmations in early October, 2017. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said them every day, twice a day committed. Like I, I had a long commute to work. So I would say I'm on the drive to work. I'd say I'm on the way back from work. And I was a hundred percent committed to changing my life, but I didn't have attachment to like how soon it was going to happen or what I was even going to do. It was just, I'm saying these affirmations I'm done with the old stuff. So were there moments in that process? So I love that. Love John Asraf's work. Love, love, love that. Were there moments in that process where you're like, I'm saying this affirmation and there's like a big part of me that's kind of thinking like, this is hooey. You know, actually there, there wasn't because I think I was just so committed to this idea. Like mm. I could say this affirmation and everything could change. So I didn't have a lot of hesitation around the process. And I think that's why it worked so well is that I was not committed to a timeline. Mm. I didn't have any expectations for what was going to happen with the affirmations or how fast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think it was hooey because John Azaroff is what in his writing, he very much talks about how the brain works. Right. The Einstein so, brain and the Frankenstein yeah. brain. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can kind of, I can get behind this. It seems scientific. So actually I didn't have resistance to, to the process itself. And I think that's oh. what, what really created some fast momentum. So how fast and, and what did that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, about a week into saying the affirmations, I just noticed that first affirmation. I wake up every day with passion and purpose. I'd gotten pretty frustrated in my business up to that mm. point. But when I started saying the affirmations, I got a little pep back in my step, nothing huge, but I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm feeling a little more positive. A couple weeks into the affirmations, I had a, like a home party mm -hmm. and the night before everybody, I say everybody, it wasn't everybody, but it felt like everybody kind of started canceling like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I can't come tomorrow. Mm. And I wanted to just be like, okay, I'm canceling the whole event. But then the mm. affirmation sort of auto popped into my mind. Ooh. And so it was really cool. It was like, oh, this is getting inside of me somehow because now I'm starting to affirm rather than want to be negative. Interesting. And then some weird things started to happen from the outside in, like this neighbor who'd lived next door to me for five years. She always knew I sold essential oils and health products. She sees me in the driveway. She's like, I've been thinking about you so strongly. I want to buy some products from you. So I had some evidence, you know, that this, and like I said, I was committed. I didn't miss a day. I did it twice mm. a day. I spent a lot of time with my affirmations and all that. But then the kicker is 40 days exactly from the day I started wow. saying my affirmation to the, this day and 40 days for anybody listening to this, who doesn't feel or understand the significance of 40 days in the Bible. And in many ancient texts beyond Christianity, 40 days is symbolic of transformation that there's this incubation period. There's a law of gestation in the universe for transformation to emerge. So 40 days in I'm getting I'm chills again. Yeah. I'm getting chills, chills. All the chills. Yep. Yeah. So 40 days in 
I'm sitting in my little den in my house and I'm working on something. And actually my husband came home and I even said, look at this cool thing I made on Canva. Like I was all proud of myself. And he came in my office and he just looked like he'd seen a ghost and he kind of was pacing back and forth a little bit. And then he sat down on this Pilates machine I had that I never used. It was literally like the clothes get folded and laid on it, but he sat down on this Pilates machine and he looked at me and he just said, I don't think I'm happy. Mm. And I remember my stomach kind of dropping, you know, that feeling. Mm-hmm. And my follow-up question was, you're not happy with me or you're not happy in life. Like what's the deal here? And then he just looked at me and he said, you're not my dream girl. Mm. Just like that. So of course, if anybody said to you, you're not my dream girl, even if it was someone you didn't know, like that stings. But now this is the person who one year before had stood at an altar with me, committed his life to me, married me. And um, I I don't know how much you're into astrology, but I have an Aquarius moon. And they say that the Aquarius moon is the least feeling of all the moons. Um, I I have an astrologer friend who calls it Arctic tundra. So um, (laughs) I always say, thank God for my Aquarius moon. Because in this moment, as devastated I was feeling inside, I kind of did like a poker face deal. Mm. And I was like, well, if you're not happy with me, then go find someone who makes you happy. Go find your dream girl, you know? And um, he proceeded on sharing all the qualities that he felt like a dream girl would have that I didn't have. So he's like, you're not outdoorsy. You're not a hiker. You don't backpack. You're, I don't know. He didn't say the word chubby, but he was kind of like, you're out of shape. You're, you Mm. watch too much TV. I mean, like he just gives me this laundry list. Wow. And the sad part about the moment is where my self-image was at that time. Like there was a part of me that wanted to fight him on it. Like, Mm -hmm. have you ever not noticed that I get a French manicure every two weeks? Like I haven't been a backpacker the last seven years you've known me. Like part of me was like, this is not news to you. This should not be news to you. Right. Like newsflash. (laughs) Like I, when we went, (laughs) when we went, um, (laughs) this is so funny. When we went snorkeling, I was like, do they have high heel wet shoes? Like (laughs) that's my personality. So there was a part of me that was defiant, Catherine. And I think that that was a like survival mechanism. Mm. But the greater part of me was like, I completely agree with him. Yeah. That not good enough story. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when he framed it for me that way, I was like, actually who would love me? Mm. You know, good point. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So he left that night and uh, I just crumbled, cried, laid on the bathroom floor, you know, like part of it was shame. Like, how am I going to tell everybody around me that I just got married a year ago? And like some of your wedding gifts that you gave us are still in the boxes. And now this is over. So it was very, Mm. uh, painful. I'm sure as everyone could imagine. And the crazy thing that happened the next day was I was get like, I don't know. I, I missed work the next day. I called in sick. Cause I, there yeah. was just, I was up all night. Like there was yeah. no way I was going to work. And the crazy thing is, is I was, I don't know if I was getting ready. I don't know what I was doing, but I hear, I wake up mm. every day with passion and purpose. My husband and I grow deeper in love. Cause that was my habit. Right. And part of me was yeah. like, cursed you universe. Like this is such, wait a minute. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Like this does not yeah. match my affirmations. 
But then out of the blue, which of course, nothing is out of the blue. It's divinely timed. A mm -hmm. friend of mine who, I don't know if she knew I was doing affirmations, but she was part of the side business. She mm. texts me this like Instagram image and on the image, it said, don't be surprised at how quickly the universe will move with you once you have decided. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, mind blown, like, oh my God, that was like the first, I mean, obviously it had only been a day, but I was saying like, curse you universe, my affirmations yeah. didn't come true. And then when she sent me that quote, it was like, wait a second what if this is your affirmations coming true? What if the fact that you've been asking for a husband who loves you and wants to be affectionate with you, he couldn't be it. Like, what if this is the gift from the universe? Wow. And so of course that didn't take away from the devastation, the trauma, mm -hmm. the sadness, the shame. And yet there was like this little glimmer of hope that, wait a second, wait a second here. Because mm -hmm. then- I guess it would have been 55 days later. I, so, so here's the deal. I made a decision to keep saying the affirmations. Good for you. The defiant part of me was like, well, I never said his name. So my husband and I grow deeper in love. Like maybe this is a future vision. So I just kept saying them as I went through like the trauma and the devastation of it. And then 15 days after he left, I, so I told you I was at $4,000 in sales in my business. Mm -hmm. I hit $10,000 in sales. Wow. So now my paycheck was two grand. So I went from $400 to two grand wow. married to getting divorced in, in the, in 55 days. It was like, insane. wow, wow, yeah. wow. So. And, and truly, um, the universe works very quickly and I love how you were awake, right. And you had stayed awake through that process through your, through your use of affirmations, because in that moment you had a choice in that moment, you had a choice. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was like cave back to the story or yeah. say, you know what, I'm going to go on affirming something else. So when my husband left and then the business kept, I mean, I just kept dedicated. Thank God for that mm. month when I was trying to hit that sales number, cause it kept me focused on something. And, um, yeah. To, to get both affirmations come true in a way I knew like in my mind, I'm like, this is not a coincidence. Something's mm -hmm. happening here. I want to discover mm -hmm. what that is. And then, um, so I kept going with my affirmations and then December 15th. So this was all happening around the holidays, December 15th. I found out that my husband had actually been living a double life in so many regards. Oh. Like he had a girlfriend and he was doing all sorts of stuff that I feel like I won't tell. It's his story to tell. Um, but, but that made that whole affirmations thing so clear to me. Mm -hmm. I asked for something. I asked for a loving relationship. I asked for a mm -hmm. husband who would build dreams with me. I asked for intimacy. He could not provide that. Mm -hmm. And so I realized this wonderful blessing. Why had he never left me in seven years? Even though he was doing this, I found out for the whole seven years. Wow. Why did, why did it, when, why was it when I started affirming and I drew my line in the sand that he decided to come clean? Yeah. And so that was, that was like, so evident to me that there's something happening here and it's really magical. And as much as it hurts and as much as I don't like it, that just gave me the courage to go, you know what, if I don't, even if I don't understand it, there's something really magical happening here. And how amazing was that to have that knowing? It was kind of like, I remember that period of time, like 
between the time that I found out that uh, we were getting divorced to like finding out he was cheating, there was this two month period where I, um, <laughs> this is gonna sound funny, but I, I just kind of felt like Lady Gaga. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was born this way. You know, I was just kind of like proud to be like, you know what? Goodbye. Yeah. I leave you behind. And it was like a mix of being both devastated, but also feeling powerful at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, mm-hmm. um, just like, I'm going to be who I want to be kind of feeling. And so it was, it was like devastating and magical at the same time. And it was like traumatic and liberating at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I really, there's this great quote. Um, I used to watch all the time when I was a little girl, um, the wizard of Oz with my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And there's this great, great quote where it says, you know, if you ever find yourself lost and you find yourself looking further than your own backyard, you know, you know, that, you know, you, I don't know the exact quote, but it's something like you got off track when you went looking further than your own backyard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Dorothy in this quote was talking about, being far away from the physical home. Mm-hmm. I think she was talking about being far away from the internet. Yeah. yeah. And, Who we and truly so I kept, are. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I leaned on that quote a lot and I just felt like I was coming back to myself somehow. Mm. Not the self I had ever been in this lifetime, like the yeah. soul self. Yeah. Yeah. And, and truly getting to know who that is in this expression. That's right. Right. And there's this, there's this kind of cathartic burning away process that absolutely have been in similar situations where it is devastating and there's the, the grief and the trauma and, and the challenge of it. And yet in that, there is the opportunity for something new to be birthed. Mm. Right. And, and when life brings us these types of experiences, we can either be a victim or a victor. And so you use this well, you were in process really of waking up and becoming the heroine of your own story, but you really use this to catapult you. Mm-hmm. And so how did you stay connected to that part of you, that true part of you? Well, one of the other wonderful out of the blue occurrences that happened, of course, it wasn't out of the blue. It was, I was on a new frequency and different, different things happen on a different frequency. They but sure two do. Days, yeah. <laughs> two days before my husband left, uh, a friend invited me to go to this seminar in LA. And it was called Mm. dream builder. And because I was saying the affirmations, I didn't know my husband was going to leave me, but because I was saying the affirmations, I was like, Hmm. And my, my honest thought was this looks a little hokey. And it looks like also, cause I was, I was a skeptic back then, but it also looks like it's in alignment for my affirmations. So I'm game. So I said, I'd go with her and we made plans. And then of course my husband left. And so I think the way I stayed connected to myself was from the day he left to the actual day of that event in Los Angeles was probably about two and a half months. So I, as I was processing both the trauma and the magic, you know, the the excitement and the grief, um, I kind of used that as an anchor, like, well, I get to go to this dream thing, so I'll be okay. Mm. Like it was kind of this anchor I use, like, I know I'm going to discover something about myself on that weekend. So I just think I'm going to be okay. And so I used it as this security blanket. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So during this process, what were your biggest challenges? Oh gosh. The biggest challenges of going from divorce to what's next or well, from that, really that process of waking up and that, mm. that, so the, the process and then that moment waking up saying, yes, okay. And I'm going to do the affirmations yep. starting to see some massive shifts in your life 
processing the grief, the trauma, mm. the disruption, all of that to, to really truly becoming the woman who writes her own story. Mm. I think the most challenging part was not getting caught up in seeing myself as how he saw me. Mm. So as much as I knew, okay, there's something more, there's something magical happening here. You know, at one point he told people, well, I had to do this because Lauren brings nothing to the table. It was like, there was such a large part of me at that time that believed that about myself. Like mm. I, that was, my, that had always been my story up until that yeah. point, right? I, yeah. I had a not good enough story going. So yeah. even though I know that he was just reflecting back to me, what I was vibrating on, like I attracted all that the human side of me wanted to be like, but no, I bring this and I bring that. And like, there was this part of me that wanted to like tell people everything he did. Like mm. there was this part of me that wanted to get caught up in the drama. Yeah. And so I think the largest struggle, and I think I did a pretty good job, but the largest struggle was to not tell the drama story. He did this to me. And like, mm. like I wanted to tell that story to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I was going to be the heroine of my own story, that it wasn't about him. Yeah. So I think that was, that was hard. And of course, all the trauma of, you know, we had a home that ended up, he ended up buying me out of, I moved back in with my parents. So I felt like that in some ways, like affirmed my unworthy, worthy story. Cause I'm like this 30 something woman, I'm with mm. my parents and, um, we had two dogs and two cats together and he kept the dogs mm. and I was just so like depressed. Yeah. Um, that was the hardest part. The dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was like abandoning them. Like I was a terrible yeah. mother or something. Yeah. So, so I think, I think the traumatic parts of it, just processing the human grief yeah. while also knowing there was something greater, like that is a rigorous walk. That is very rigorous. And also knowing that there's something greater and rewriting the story of yourself. That's right. Right. Like in the context of that and making choices in the moment to say, no, this is who I am this is who I am. And this is how I'm choosing to show up to this, right? right? I'm not going to go into that drama story. And yes, of course, the human part of us wants to tell the story and, you know, get the allies and, and live in the drama, but yeah. to, to really say no, like I, yeah. I honor that in myself, but I'm making a choice. Yeah. I'm making a choice. And I believe we can all make choices about the story we tell about our life. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that was the most empowering. And I I've never, as much as there's part of me that wants to like shame myself or ask, you know, mm -hmm. why did you marry someone when you had all these signals? You know, there is a part yeah. of me, even to this day that wants to go there, you know? Yeah. And yet th th there's this other part of me that's like, Lauren, this story has not only helped myself so much in, an, mm -hmm. in a soul awakening. So I'm so grateful to him for helping be a player in this story, this soul mm. story, you know, and I needed that to evolve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this story has now gone out on to help. I think I can safely say now tens of thousands of people. Wow. And that was worth it, man. I would yeah. do it all again and more, um, for, yeah. for the, for the help it's given to other people. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Absolutely. So is there anything that you wish you'd known starting out or any, any advice, if you could look back and give yourself advice, if there's any advice you would give yourself, you know, the, the wish I'd known looking back and like the advice to the former self, 
I always am challenged a little bit with that question, although I think they're very good questions because not one of us can connect the dots mm. looking forward, as Steve Jobs said. That's so all true. Of us, right? Like all of us. <laughs> so need, true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, do, are there things I'd wish I'd known? Yeah. I would have like loved to be born knowing I was a spiritual being in a human body. Right. right? And, yeah. you know, we learn so much through co- contrast. And so to say like, what would I go back and do different? Like everything. (laughs) (laughs) What do I wish I'd known? Everything. All of Um, it. Yeah. All of it. Um, But I think probably the biggest thing that I really do think all of us, if we'd known it, wow. Like how, how would that change things is to not question your instincts. So I remember there's probably a million times in my marriage and in my teaching career that I had these little intuitive hits, like this isn't right, or this would be a great time to exit stage left, you know, and I shoulded myself. I pushed Mm. those voices down and said, no, because, and I like talked myself into Mm. so many things that didn't feel right to me and seemed off. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the thing that I'm very, I'm very grateful that in the moment I noticed it and shoved it down. Cause at least I noticed it because right? now when I hear First that step, voice, yeah. I'm familiar with it. But I think that's the thing is like, if you're, if you're getting an instinctual hit mm-hmm. and you have to talk yourself out or into something, that's a, that's a telltale sign that you are going against your higher self. Mm-hmm. So I say, trust your instincts and trust that little voice inside because it's never going to steer you wrong. The voice was always right. And me talking myself into or out of things, the voice was guiding me toward never helped. So Mm. uh, that would probably be the one thing if there was a thing. And I'm still learning how to listen to that voice, of course. Yeah. I have have not reached the pinnacle of life by any means. I'm still (laughs) learning everything. Yeah. And, and I fully believe that as well, that we're on this human journey, right? And, and as we learn and as we evolve our consciousness, our our expression on this earth, then there's another, right? And not in like that, oh no, another thing, but like, oh, like, hey, there's more here for me, yeah. which is exciting. And so did you have guides and mentors along the way? And if oh, yeah. so, what, what role did they play for you? Because I know that that's a big part of what you do now. Yeah. So I had so many guides and mentors along the way. The primary one was when I went to that event in Los Angeles mm-hmm. a couple months after, you know, the, the stuff happened. Um, I was skeptical. I was a little bit of a skeptic and I walk into this ballroom and everybody's like dancing and happy. And I was, I was like a little emo. So I was like, you know, what are you guys so happy about? Um, yeah. so, what is this so, a cult? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was skeptical. And then when they read her bio, the intellectual side of my mind was like, oh, this woman has like some street cred and some credentials and she's yeah. done some things. And then she, then she spoke. Hmm. And as soon as she spoke, like my DNA moved around in my body. It was like, she shifted my cells around. It was this resonance. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I enrolled to get coaching with her. I enrolled to become a coach, which was crazy because this great part of me was like, you're a broke divorce school teacher. (laughs) Who the hell wants that as a life coach, you know? (laughs) But I just looked at this woman and I'm like, she's a speaker. She inspires Mm. people. She's loving. She has great results. This is everything that you have wanted, but shoved down. 
And so I enrolled to get mentorship with her. It was $26,000. I didn't have that much money. Um, I, again, the voices were like, oh, here you go again, getting into debt. And I was like, whatever, I'm already at rock bottom. So like, right. you know, <laughs> where, how, Bring how much it. worse can it get, you know? And so, um, so I, I jumped and I've been, I've been getting mentorship from Mary ever since. And, um, I've been in her highest end programs and coaching programs, and I will never go without support again. Because the deal is, as uh, my good friend and mentor, Matt Boggs says, when you're inside the frame, you cannot see the picture. Mm-hmm. And so um, I realized I spent a lot of life inside the frame, like trying to see the picture. Right. And <laughs> it's just so much easier with support. And the yeah. support has catapulted me like 10 times faster than I could have ever done myself. Yeah. And so where are you today? Like we've had the kind of story and I would love for people to hear kind of where you are in this moment and what's going on in your life. Yeah. So I, uh, started my coaching business, I guess it was, let's see, um, three months after my husband came home and said, um, I don't love you. So it was pretty fast turnaround time. And again, because I was so connected to my affirmations, I truly believe mm. that that was the catalyst. And cause I stayed with those affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I started my own coaching business the day I enrolled in coach in, in, uh, coaching certification, I submitted my letter of resignation to teaching. Wow. And that was what I knew I needed to do. Cause I knew I had this side business mm. for like five years that wasn't doing anything. And I thought, okay, I'm living with my parents, little safety blanket. Yeah, I'm broke, but you know, who cares? I've been broke my whole life. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I, I just dove in. I knew I had four months left of the school year. So I'm like, okay, that gives me a little bit of time to at least enroll one client or two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. um, I just knew that I needed a fire under my ass if I was going to really do this. And so I put in my resignation and then I'll just fast forward, you know, three and a half years, I guess it is. Um, I have a coaching business that will do probably between six and $700,000 this year. Um, I am newly engaged to the freaking love of my life. Like he is Mm. the best. Mm. And I was thinking of it this morning. We went in to take one of our cars to be serviced and came back to the house. We're drinking coffee together. And you know, you have your little sleepies in your eyes and just being like, so exposed to someone, Mm -hmm. but being loved so deeply. Like it's, it's the best. It's just, it truly is. It truly is. Yeah. So highly successful coaching business, the relationship that I always dreamed of. Um, and then I've just been able to help so many people. And I think that's the, that's the icing on the cake, um, is it's wonderful to watch all these cool things emerge in my own life. Oh, I got a new car. Oh, I'm living by the ocean now. Like, I don't want to minimize that because it is really special. Yeah. And nothing is like knowing that you have helped to change. You don't change someone's life as a coach. You help Mm -hmm. to change the, the trajectory of their life. And that has been the most impactful that I've impacted so many people is, um, yeah, yeah, that's the deal. Same. All the feelings, Yeah, all All the the feelings. feelings. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, um, pretty amazing for someone who brings nothing to the table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in the beginning there was this part of me and I'm glad, you know, there, there's an emotional spiral that you go up Mm. and anger is a higher vibration than despair, believe it or not. Yeah. True. Part of me was like, watch me bring nothing to the table, you know, and that gave me a little, a little like fire, but then pretty quickly I realized, oh my God, this is so much more than proving myself. 
Yeah. This is like soul stuff. And this is yeah. his lives. And this is like the spiral of becoming. This is mm-hmm. everything. And so it only took me like a month or two to be angry. And then, and then I was like, okay, actually, I want to impact people. So yeah, that so was a much yeah. deeper, deeper vision. But I needed that first little boost, I think, because you got to yeah. lock yourself up the vibrational scale. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so any, um, I guess any tips, any suggestions, any guidance for our listeners. And I know that you do have like an amazing freebie for people. So would love to hear, hear about that. And then also how they could connect with you and then what your, what your tips and suggestions and advice would be. Yeah. So I think the main bit of advice is I I don't know. I wish I could just impart this. I wish I could send like my vibration out around the world that your listeners could actually feel this. But the truth is it doesn't matter where you start. Mm -hmm. Your mind is designed, your subconscious mind, the way your brain works, the way neural pathways get created. It's designed to adapt so fast. Mm -hmm. So if you just dedicated yourself to telling a different story from this moment on, your life will change so fast. And I think that sticking with I mean, obviously I have so much training now and I've taken so much mentorship, but really it all comes down to how fast are you willing to change the story? Mm. And if you're willing to just be like, that's done, I'm in here now. It's not that it's not rigorous. It's just once you make that commitment to never getting complacent in today's story and always looking at tomorrow's story Mm. as where you're headed, things can move so quickly and so fast. And I really haven't had an affirmation or a vision image that I've held in my mind that hasn't come true up until now. Wow. And so just knowing that no matter where you are today, you bring nothing to the table today. You, you don't like yourself. You're in the middle of a divorce. You live at home. You're broke. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter because your brain and your soul mostly wants to express and be, be Mm -hmm. dancing and singing now. Yeah. So just let it go. And I remind my, I'm I'm speaking to myself now too, because at this level, I still have stories Mm -hmm. and I'm ready Mm -hmm. for my next level story. So I'm Mm -hmm. ready to affirm the next thing, you know? So, um, what I've created for your listeners is my 30 most favorite affirmations for Mm. in particular, changing the self-image and Uh, self-confidence. These are ones that I use all the time. Currently, my favorite one, I'll just give a little sneak peek is I love who I am and I love who I'm becoming. Ooh, yeah. Powerful. I use that one every day currently. So the the actual Mm -hmm. website they will go to is soulsavvy.org. So S-O-U-L-S-A-V-V-Y.org, soulsavvy.org slash power. Because when you use these affirmations, you will find your, your inner power. Hold on. Things are about to change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buckle yeah. up. Buckle up. And so for my listeners, all of those will be in the show notes as well. So you can get all of the links to Lauren's amazing download, her website, her Facebook, her Instagram. And uh, Lauren does have phenomenal coaching programs that she supports people through. So if that feels like a fit, I would really, really encourage you to reach out to Lauren. And so any last thoughts, Lauren, before we bring us in for a landing? No, I just want to thank you so much, Catherine, because you're such mm. a light in the world. You shine it so brightly. And um, I've told stories today that I've never told on a, on uh. a publicly. And so um, I just want to thank you for being the person that could also evoke that for me. It takes a special mm. person to just sit back and 
let it roll. So I want to say thank you for shining your light, giving your listeners everything that you give to them. Uh-huh. Thank you. I'm honored. And like you, this is, I believe that this is a sacred calling and, and uh, truly a gift to, to support people to really come alive. So yeah. So thank you, everybody. Remember to like, subscribe, do all the podcast things that you're supposed to do. And uh, we'll catch you next time.